What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squire. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, the Warriors are still alive and will be playing for their season in the last game ever at Oracle Arena a little bit later tonight against the Raptors, who maintain a 3-2 series lead. We'll break down where we stand in the series and let you know if we think there will be a Game 7 in Toronto. Also, as we get closer to July 1st, the free agency talk is heating up. A lot of rumors swirling around the possible Anthony Davis trade, as well as Kyrie Irving firing his agent just weeks before the start of free agency. To close the show, Forbes has released its highest earning athletes from the past year, so I want to see how many from the top 10 Tyler can guess correctly. All right, let's start the show. What's going on, TP? How you doing, man? No complaints here. I mean, got a game six tonight, and we're in the triple digits now. Yeah, we're in the triple digits. Not, not episode episode one on one. Air's getting thin up here. <laughs> We're going to try and get this in before the start of Game 6 because we have plans to go watch it at a bar close to where we record. A bar. That's <laughs> a nice way to church it up. It's well. A Buffalo Wild Wings. I didn't want to tell the people that, but hey, you know, hey, you know we got to keep it real with them. Yeah, we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings for the game. But listen, the NBA Finals, the Raptors are up 3-2. to two. We did not think we would be in this position. We didn't think there would be another game at Oracle. After uh, Toronto had taken a three to one lead, game six is tonight at six p.m. It's currently four thirty on the dot, so we're gonna try and get this episode in before the game starts. Game four, like I said, the Raptors were able to take a commanding three-one lead, even with the return of Clay Thompson, who missed game three with a strained hamstring. For the Warriors, Clay had twenty-eight. He was eleven of eighteen, six of ten from the three-point line. Steph ended up with 27, but he definitely wasn't as efficient as he usually is. And most of his points came towards the end when Toronto pretty much had full control of the game. And then surprisingly, Kevon Looney, who initially was ruled out for the rest of the series with a chest injury, actually got a second opinion and then was cleared to play. That was that was definitely a surprise to see Kevon Looney back in the game. I know you had some thoughts on that you wanted to share with the people. Oh, yeah, I mean, he just he played because he couldn't hurt his shoulder anymore. So, I mean, he played hurt. You could see it. he was pretty uh, pretty much grimacing every time the camera was on his face. Yeah, and then for Toronto, for them able to take a 3-1 lead, winning both games in Oracle, uh, there was a quote that came out after where, I guess, in the locker room before the game or, or before the two games in Oakland, Nick Nurse was basically like, let's definitely try and steal one in Oakland. And Kawhi Leonard just yeah. casually from his locker was just like, nah, coach, fuck that. 
let's go get both. Yeah, no, that's that's the attitude you want. I mean, that's that's how you have to do it. You know, you got to close it out. Uh, every time you let a series extend, it's bad news. I think for both teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, Raptors are in trouble. You know that 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 game five was big time. So they're on their heels for sure, and you don't want to see this go game seven because anything could happen. No. So going into game five, it was the first time the Warriors hadn't been favored to win the NBA championship since May of 2016. Toronto obviously on the verge of winning its first NBA championship in franchise history at home, no less. Uh, But there was no way the two-time defending champs were going to go down without a fight. And Kevin Durant was cleared to play for the first time in over a month. And Game 5 turned out to be an absolute dogfight. Steph and Clay combined for 57 and hit 12 threes. Kawhi was doing everything he could to get his team back into it. Uh, The Raptors even had some leads at some points. Kawhi went on a miraculous 10-2 run. He scored 10 straight points for for the Raptors. But... Obviously, I think the two biggest headlines coming out of Game 5 were KD getting hurt and then Nick Nurse calling a timeout after that 10-2 to run Kawhi went on. Uh, and then out of that timeout, the Warriors went on a 9-2 to run to take back the lead and ultimately win the game. Before we get into the Kevin Durant injury, I wanted to get your opinion on the Nick Nurse decision to call that timeout it's one of those one of those calls where if it went the right way you're a genius and because it didn't we're talking about it now and that's just kind of how it goes in the in in pros there's no perfect way to coach there's no exact science to it not every situation is the same he was he was doing it strategically because he would lose the timeout if it went under three minutes but I mean for the outside looking in do I think I would have called the timeout when I had Kawhi rolling right there because everyone was either texting or tweeting about Kawhi just going off. Oh, I texted you saying it. I texted yeah. you saying it was and, a wrap. And uh yeah, so you know, most of the time maybe that timeout before the 3-minute mark is smart, but in that sense it just didn't work out. So, I don't look too into it. He's a young coach. He made a bold call and it just didn't work out. Um but so many times it does. So many times it does in fact work out. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think that timeout completely killed the momentum for Toronto. Yeah, and then did. and then when you have weapons like Steph and Clay on the other end who end up hitting three straight threes on three on three straight possessions to yeah. to take back the lead, it's it's pretty demoralizing. And that's what I mean. It's it's like it's a you break the game and it can go one of two ways from there, you know. It's it's either Warriors are going to come out and play better or you're going to come out and play better. Yeah, and what's crazy was is during that Kawhi run they moved the trophy into the hallway. They started to prepare the Raptors locker room for a championship celebration. They're yeah. putting the plastic Toronto's up on ready. the lockers. They're ready for this. The world is not ready. I don't think most of the NBA world is ready for this. Uh, no one really saw it coming until the finals came around. Uh, the Raptors fans are ready. It's it's crazy. Yeah. They're going to jump the gun. <laughs> They're confident right now. They're very confident. But they got a big task ahead of them. Yeah. Now, obviously, the biggest news in all of the basketball world right now is arguably the greatest player in the world yeah. rupturing his Achilles in the NBA Finals. Yeah, He was cleared to play for Game 5, and he started out right where he left off before the injury. He made his first two shots. He no, was he playing was well. Time. He was big time for them. He contributed to that win. Yeah, and then in the second quarter, he tried to make a move, and he planted his right foot, and 
you could literally see in that slow-mo zoomed-in video his Achilles rupture. Yeah, I don't watch that shit. Um, oh, yeah, I very, forget you're one of those. That's just uh, it's a depressing it's a depressing event, man. It just makes me feel terrible, um, especially because this year I was so critical on Kevin Durant. I kind of looked back on some of the things I said about him, and it's but I mean it's it and it made me feel bad because I think it's part I, I was partly right. It's like I hate that he feels like my biggest beef with him is I hate that he feels like he has to prove people wrong like, or yeah. he has to prove himself uh why he goes you know has burner accounts and why he goes after fans and goes after the media it's just it was always weird to me because you're kevin Durant, who gives a fuck you know what i mean you're arguably the best basketball player in the world um if not you know one one name may be in front of you yeah um and so it's just like why do you have anything to prove and he had nothing to prove for this finals uh and he came out to prove people, you know, wrong, I think. And, yeah. You know, I think that he lets people, other people get to him. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also, you know, it costs him a lot. Yeah. I mean, I feel absolutely terrible for KD. All all he wanted to do was go out there and hoop and try and help his team to the best of his ability to keep their season alive. I don't think he would have came back if they were up 3-1 or up 3-0 in this scenario. No, he they, no, he wouldn't have. Um, but he came back because of the pressure to come back. And I don't really think there's anybody to blame necessarily in this scenario because I think, listen, Kevin Durant knew the risk of coming back and playing. No matter what, he could he could have broke his arm in that game. I'm w- I'm with uh, I don't know I I'm with I think it was uh, Max Kellerman. I was like I I think I blame the Warriors the most. Well, I think they really pushed him to come back because they needed him. He didn't need them. They needed him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I know that he's a competitor and he wants to come back, and that's a respectable trait, but it's also like, it, it also cost him. Obviously, it could have gone the other way. It could have been fine. Uh, and and if he would have stayed healthy and won the chip, he would have, you know, really be probably considered the best player in the world. Yeah, uh, and, and I completely understand the the argument of blaming the Warriors because I, I heard people from the Warriors organization say the fact that the doctors said he wouldn't get hurt anymore than he already was and that he would be fine to play. I don't get how they didn't even consider the fact that your body overcompensates for other parts yeah. of the body yeah. when you're recovering from an injury. And that's exactly well, why I think, I mean, it's exactly why his Achilles ruptured. Well, because they did put it to, into you know effect. They just didn't care. They, you know, they profit more on getting Kevin Durant out on the uh, out on the floor. Well, and that's I know I saw the team doctor or the president of basketball operations who was it like cried Bob Myers. Mic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I feel him, but it's it's like he was also probably. I just think he well, was pressured to come back. Ram- Ramona Shelburne said earlier today on uh, ESPN Radio that uh, Kevin Durant had another doctor besides the Warriors medical staff look at. Uh, his calf and he was cleared to play by the doctor that he saw as well yeah and so I get all of that but it's just like I don't I don't know it's just it's such a tough call because at the end of the day when it comes down to Kevin Durant getting a second opinion and him getting cleared by that second opinion and the Warriors clearing him it's like all right now it is up to Kevin and obviously Kevin's going to say he wants to play yeah and I think he wanted to play to prove people wrong and to win this bring the Warriors back 100 percent and which I think was uh, he was putting he was putting the team 
over himself, which, you know, because he was trying to show that, you know, part that he has, uh, which is respectable, but just cost him a lot this time. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted after it happened, tonight proves Kawhi made the right decision last year as if his play didn't do that already. Give KD all the credit in the world for going out there and giving it a try. He's got the heart of a champion, no doubt. But this injury can change the path of NBA history forever. We're likely not going to see Kevin Durant play an NBA game until the start of the 2020-2021 season. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but it's like he's going to miss an entire year. Yeah, I think it's going to – it's going to really derail his progress as far as going at, you know, being a Mount Rushmore type of basketball player. hundred um, percent. He'll always be a great, I mean, he's already accomplished so much, but uh, this is definitely like, he still had so many prime, you know, best player in the world type years left in him. This is cutting it short. His, his place in NBA history is cemented, no doubt already, but he could have even risen it further. Yeah, I think he had the potential to be, uh, like I said, a Mount Rushmore top five player. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I think he's flirted with top ten already. You know, I think if if Bird and Duncan and those guys are in the top ten, you got to, I think, got to throw KD's n- name in the mix. Yeah. Now, do you think we will see more players now go get second and third opinions from doctors not associated with the teams that employ them? It's a slippery slope, you know, because it probably should be some sort of collaboration as far as, you know, making decisions on players being healthy. But, yeah, it's just it also is tough having, you know, another doctor come in and undermine the team staff. Yeah. So you basically almost have to go all the way, you know, all the way with the team or or none of it. But maybe at certain extents, you know, if the injury – is you know if they say the injury is over four weeks you're out um that's when you're allowed to bring in outside source you know what i mean but if an injury is healed within a month then you you have to go with just team doctor's decisions interesting i never thought about it like that or just i mean i just don't really know how it's a slippery slope i I think you can't have you know too many chefs in the kitchen type of scenario well because at the end of the day Kawhi's argument was that the Spurs don't have my best interest in mind because they have their franchise's best interest in mind. Their franchise's best interest is mine is me out on the court. If I don't feel ready to play, I'm not going to play. Well, most of the time these, and these specific scenarios are like, for the most part stars. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like the doctors that they're going to go get are probably almost always going to undermine a team doctor just because the resources that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Now, all right, game six tonight in Oakland. Yep, I think this is going to be a really tough one for the Raptors. Even with the shorthand Warriors, I think the Warriors are just going to have too much too much juice going from Oracle in the last game there. And Steph, Clay, and Draymond are still starting. And I just think that's enough to get a game, you know. Yeah. I mean, and this is a one game at a time scenario. And before before game five, I thought that the series was a wrap going into it because the Raptors had a 3-1 lead. Kawhi's been on this roll. They're at home, all of that stuff. I didn't think the Raptors were going to be able to steal both games at Oracle. They did. KD was a question mark. uh, And Kawhi's on a mission, uh, like a man on a mission right now. Yeah. But with the way the Toronto fans treated KD, 
after he got hurt. Yeah. I don't think the basketball gods are on the Raptors side anymore. Yeah, I feel bad. I'd like that to, was disgusting. Like, I mean, I'd like to I'd like to see or hear what you know the fans had to say. You know, if you gather that all those people, are they all just like feel horrible, or are they all just kind of like like there was there was a clear video of an entire section of fans behind the basket, literally yeah. waving no, and I cheering. Mean, it, was yeah, disca- it was it was yeah, it was bad. It was bad look, but it, uh, everyone handled it pretty much. I think the system was handled, or the the problem was handled pretty well. Yeah, no, definitely props to the players on both teams for the players, for trying to get the, the crowd stopped, to back off. The fans stopped probably within five seconds. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I think every they handled it with uh, with class, I guess you would say, but they blew it. You know, the Toronto it started fans off blew rocky, it. And, that, and I think that's that adds to the fire of this finals. This is a great finals. There's a lot of uh, what what you want in a great finals is the B and C storylines. Hundred percent. You want to have all this the layers to all this shit, and now now this has got quiet. I mean, we got a lot of headlines. You know, Durant's out. Toronto fans did that shit. Did you yeah, see the video you know. of the Toronto fans yelling at uh, Dell and Sonya Curry? No, but it's like I I just don't those kind of those kind of uh, like isolated events. That's not as big of a deal because there's a bunch of idiots. But Dell played for the Raptors. Yeah, but there's a bunch of idiots out there. I you know when it's a massive group, that's more surprising. Like someone yelling oh yeah at, someone yelling at Dell and, and Sonya Curry is like not surprising at all. There's a bunch of idiots out there. The things that a fan say to players when they walk off the court is ridiculous. Oh yeah, so I, look at the, Utah and Russell it's, Westbrook. It's just it's dumb. So I mean, look, I don't think I, that's not surprising. Look to at me the at part all. owner of the Warriors in like, Kyle Lowry. You got the fan. You got the Toronto fans against the Warriors now. You got KD out. You got the last game in Oakland. Um, you know, the Raptors are hunting for their first title. Toronto versus Oakland, America, and Canada. There's a lot of good storylines going on in this one. Yeah, definitely. Warriors looking for a three-peat. Now, I think ultimately the Warriors win this game by double digits tonight. I think this is going to be a big one. I, I think the Splash Brothers come out strong. Game six, Clay is a thing. Game six, third quarter, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, they're going to win this game. Clay's also going to have to spend the majority of his time defending Kawhi. That's, I mean, that's what you want if you're the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Draymond's got six technicals now. Yep, that's a big, that's a big time factor. Um, In the playoffs, once you hit seven, you receive a one game suspension. So he's got to be on his best behavior tonight, or he won't be suiting up for Game Seven. Yeah, yep. He he's not gonna he's not gonna hold back though. He won't change anything about his approach. Uh, it's basically a coin flip on if that's going to happen or not. Yeah, I think the yeah. I think the supporting cast for both teams need to show up big for either team to feel like they have a chance to win tonight. Uh, I feel like both supporting casts have had moments, but they haven't really done it as collective units. It's more been individual players off the bench or supporting roles, having big games. So, well, yeah, luckily for the Warriors, they're at home tonight, so I think those guys play much better. You know, well, yeah, the the old adage is that role players play better at home. Well, and especially the Warriors guys. I think Jordan Bell, McKinney, Quinn Jordan Cook, Bell hasn't seen the floor Qu- in Quinn like Cook. Um, but I mean, he always gets in there. Bogut, all those guys, I think, play a lot better. It, um, and you know, going to Toronto is a lot harder on those guys than the Toronto guys going to Oakland. Yeah. So we both ha- we both have the Warriors winning tonight. Game seven in Toronto. What happens? I don't know. 
You know, get, you, you got to. No, see. you got to give me something. I mean, I think the Warriors are winning it. You I, think the Warriors are going to come back from a three-one lead? I think I. I just I never really felt like the Warriors were out of it. I've never. I, mean? I, I haven't once said that. I don't think I've, I've once out loud said that the Raptors are winning this. I mean, I've it's looked really good for the Raptors, and it still does. They could sweep. They could sweep this game in Game Six. There might not even be a Game Seven. Um, but the Warriors, I just uh, I see them. They're too resilient. They're smart. And they have the they have a lot of momentum going on, you know. Getting this win in Game Six and forcing a Game Seven, Stephen Curry, I've seen, you know, he is good enough to beat a team by himself. Now Kawhi Leonard is also good enough to do that, but I just, you know, I've seen Steph Curry just do this thing too many times. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean I, they're it's... chasing the three P. Uh, this is this is big time. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Warriors can go up there to Canada in a Game Seven and win on the road. I think it can happen. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't shock me. I'm gonna stick with my prediction in Warriors in seven. I think that it's gonna be really interesting with the fact that Toronto is three and zero at Oracle this year. So going into Game Six at home, last game at Oracle, I think that streak's breaking tonight. I think the Warriors win uh, it big. Uh, yeah, Kawhi's the Kawhi's the man, though. I would love to see Kawhi. You know, there's there's two different you know legacies battling right now. That's what you get in the NBA Finals, and whoever wins this, I'm a fan of both of these legacies as far as the Splash Brothers and uh, Kawhi Leonard. I would love to see either one of them win. And uh, if Kawhi does this thing, you know, even being up three one, if he wins in a game six or a game seven, Kawhi is arguably the best player in the world. I mean, doing what doing what he's doing, it's really, you know, he is he's absolutely a Mount Rushmore player as of right now. And if he pulls this off, he could be number one, uh, number one in the world, just leapfrogging the KDs and the Giannis's and the bronze. Yeah, Kawhi now has the fifth highest total points in an NBA postseason run. Going into game six tonight, he has scored 709 total points this postseason mj had 759 and 92 uh, and he's gonna be ready to go for this game too oh yeah I mean, he he understands the magnitude of the situation and he's such a cool customer that you know he can walk into oracle and be you know collected and, and win a game no if any if anybody can beat the warriors in oracle in this situation it is Kawhi leonard he he took down lebron in his prime with the big three at yeah. 22 years old yeah Yep. He's been there, done that. Yep. No, it's amazing to watch. Uh, a couple other quick stats from the finals. Steph's 10th 30-point finals game uh, in game five is now tied for fifth all-time with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, MJ, LeBron, Shaq, and Kobe are the others. And then KD, after rupturing his Achilles, he finished the 2019 postseason averaging 32.3 points per game shooting 51% from the field, 44% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. He's the only person in NBA history to average 30 points per game and go 50, 40, 90 in a single postseason. Pretty good. <laughs> Very good. Pretty solid. Very good. All right. Now, July 1st is only a couple of weeks away. Yep. And the I feel like we're going to be I feel like we're going to be talking about this every week leading up to free agency with all the rumors that are going around. Uh, I'll yeah. start real quick with KD. We said already he's it's, it's definitely just fun, you know, now in this day and age having, you know, a good 
It's always just like a half dozen max slots that are open that everybody's yeah. just waiting to see, and then it's dominoes after that. Yeah. So, like I was saying, KD likely going to miss all of next season. I think he's now just going to opt into his player option with the Warriors and sit out next year as a member of the Warriors and test free agency in 2020. I know he's not going to have much to really work with in terms of a pitch for himself to teams having missed a year, but he's Kevin Durant. His resume speaks for himself. I don't yeah, think nah, he's, he's going to be fine. I don't think his market will be smaller a year from now because he sat out because of this. Yeah, no, I think that that's the smart move as well. Now, I don't know if he's actually going to do that uh, as far as picking up a player option, but it just seems like it makes the most sense to just kind of wait it out another year. You're not going to be able to play. I don't know, you know, if the team that's going to sign you when you're hurt is the team that you really want to be be with. You know what I mean? In another year, you can make your decision based on what happens after the shuffle. Well, it's going to be a whole new shuffle next year. At the end of the, at the end of the day, I think why he would maybe do it just kind of as like a gesture of good faith towards the Warriors for yeah. his time because by him by him accepting his player option and all of that and sitting out the year the warriors can apply for like a designated like injured player exception they'll get like 9 million dollars i think it is so they can yeah. sign someone for like a mid-level exception yeah, yeah. kind of help out the team no, with the with the depth that they need no i think after the the ruptured achilles report that's got to be I, I just think that's the smartest move you know and, in all parties and listen at the end of the day they're, they if they win the championship, they'll be the three-time defending champs. They're the best team in all of basketball. They're going to give him all the medical attention he needs to get back to mm-hmm. where he was. Which is weird, getting him ready for another team for a year. But also at the on but the I other, mean he's saving him money, you know. Yeah, I mean, and it's a strategical business move. And on the other end, he doesn't even really have to report no, to anything I, Warriors yeah, I related. Gonna, I don't think he would be in the facility getting treat ton of treatment. Exactly. I think point. when he wants to start shooting around and stuff, he can go to the Warriors facility. But yeah, exactly. So there's that. Yeah, it's another name taken out. Uh, it's a whole new shuffle now. And I think now that makes Kyrie Irving the biggest domino to fall first. And he told Boston yesterday he was going to decline his player option yep. and become a free agent. And then a few hours later, a bombshell drops that he's firing his agent and is now going to sign with Rock Nation, mm-hmm. which I think is a clear indication he's going to sign with the Nets, yeah. uh, given Jay-Z's history with the Nets being a former part owner. Yeah. Rock Nation is Jay-Z's agency. It just makes sense now. I mean, he's such a culture guy anyways that, you know, it just makes sense for him to go go to Brooklyn, go with Rock Nation, be the star that you are. Um, they've got you know a couple good young pieces, so it's not too bad. Yeah, and I think what could be interesting in well, I'll save it. I'll save it because I think I, the Nets I, could now be in play for Anthony Davis. Yeah, in a three-team scenario. No. I just don't know what they have to – they would have to get D'Angelo Russell involved. Is that what you're saying? And Jared, Jared Allen. Yeah, see, I Karis just, Levert. I just don't know if that's a better package. But it, I, I'm not sure what draft picks they have now, too, because I think yeah. all of their current draft picks are with Boston. Yeah, no, I don't think they have any draft picks at all this year as far as, like, lottery first-round stuff. 
Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't see Anthony. I see Anthony Davis headed up as a Laker. Yeah. Well, hold on. Before we get to Anthony Davis, yeah. there was some other news because but I think Kyrie is going to be in New York City at some point. I think it's a Nick or a Brooklyn Nets thing. I, I think the Nets is a done deal. Yeah, and that that to me is a done deal. I think that th- he's definitely uh, number one. And as now, far as Brooklyn, and now without KD being on the table, I think D'Angelo is more likely to resign in Brooklyn. Unless him and Kyrie don't want to play with each other. No, I think D'Angelo's gone. Either way? Yeah, just getting in trouble off court and stuff like that. You know well, that, I mean? yeah. I just think that... Uh, <laughs> I completely forgot he got caught with weed at the airport. Yeah, I just think that they're going to they're gonna move past him. They don't need to They don't need to bring him back. They got a, They got the all-star production, and now they're going to get... If they get a Kyrie, it's like they didn't lose... You know, they're not going to lose that production, so... Um, they got a nice thing going with Jared, you know, Jared Allen. Joe Joe Harris is still getting like a decent chunk of change. He's yep. a good starting piece. Spencer Dinwiddie, um, and then Dinwiddie coming off the bench as and like a guy that uh, uh, carries the second unit, and then Karis LeVert. So they have a good. I think if they get a Kyrie and they have that second max slot, that's a pretty good destination for you know a second max guy. Yeah. Uh, now Kemba Walker was asked earlier today if he would take less in Charlotte to allow the team more flexibility to build around him. And he said he would. Yeah. Game changer. That's a game changer. Big time quote game changer. Because, um, you know, before that quote, I felt 100% there's no way he can sign with Charlotte. Just a bad business deal. Yeah. Um, even though he's deserving, it just doesn't make sense. And now that he said that, I think he's probably going to sign with uh, Charlotte. So you think he's going to stay for less instead of demanding the max from MJ? I think he's going to get something. I think, yeah, I think he's going to get, I think he's going to take something that he would get in another market. He's I think pro- he's going to give them a chance to like, hey, if you give me as much as Brooklyn or New York's going to give me, I'll sign with that, but not the 220 mil. Right. I'd be willing to bet he's probably going to get somewhere between 150 and 190 million per year for four or five years. Yeah, exactly, which is like, He's still getting paid. It's smart. I <laughs> that's mean, that's generational he, wealth. It, well, and it's smart. It's like the team was built around him, and uh, if he likes being there, he likes being with Jordan. He likes being a star in Charlotte. Why not make your team better by taking that kind of pay cut because you're still getting paid? I saw another rumor where Charlotte could be in the mix to trade for Hassan Whiteside, and Hassan Whiteside said he would love to play in Charlotte with Kemba. Yeah, and that's a that's a solid piece to pick up because I think Hassan Whiteside still got some production left in him. He's just unhappy. Another solid piece for Charlotte was Marvin Williams opting into his fifteen million dollar player option. Yep, and I'm just surprised that Marv is still going strong. It's crazy. Getting paid fifteen million, baby. Yeah, he just def- he defends those those elite like forwards really well still. Yeah. And then the last uh free agency news from today was Jonas Valanciunas declining his player option with memphis uh i saw that he was going to try and rework a deal with memphis to try and get more money yeah i just then 17 million dollars a year but i don't think he's really worth that anymore no i think if i'm memphis i'm bringing up all the big big names in the nba as far as centers go and see how far down the list he is and it's like he's not getting not worth that kind of money anymore there's there's a ton of production out there in the center position and they have jaron jackson who i think is a good piece yeah, you know he can play a little center. I, I think they don't. I don't know if they necessarily want him to play center, but yeah, no. So whoever the I'm not. I, I can't remember who the Memphis GM is, but they should check out our top twenty centers and see where Jonas Valanciunas is. Yeah, I mean he's just he's just he's solid, but I can't believe he would decline seventeen million. That's that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Now 
there have been a lot of rumors swirling over the past 24 to 48 hours around a possible Anthony Davis trade with the Lakers. Right now, it seems like the teams have been talking a lot, and the Pelicans are also asking for a lot. Uh, from everything I've seen and read from multiple different insiders and sources, the Pelicans really want Kyle Kuzma, but the Lakers don't want to give them give him up if they have to also give up the fourth pick in the draft. I've seen a bunch of different alleged offers that would mean the Lakers would have to give up at least two of three of B.I., Zoe, and Kuz in addition to the fourth overall pick and a 2021 first overall unprotected – or not first overall, but a first rounder. Uh, that would be unprotected. The Pelicans are also trying to get a third team involved so they can send the fourth pick that they would receive from the Lakers to the third team to get another star caliber player to put alongside Drew Holiday and Zion Williamson. And all the Lakers guys. Yeah, and a, f- and a few of the Lakers guys. Some names that I saw as being potential targets for that fourth overall pick were Bradley Beal, C.J. McCollum, DeMar DeRozan, Steven Adams, Clint Capella, and Zach Levine. Also, if the third team gets involved, that means potentially some of the players being traded by the Lakers would end up on the third team. For example, I saw a scenario where this was an alleged offer that is out there that is reportedly on the table. The fourth overall pick and Lonzo Ball would go to Chicago along with Solomon Hill from the Pelicans. New Orleans would get Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Zach Levine, the Bulls' seventh overall pick, and a 2021 LA first unprotected, a first round unprotected pick, and the Lakers would end up with Anthony Davis. God damn it. Yeah, it's, it sucks. At I this mean, point, it's going to be dope to see Braun and AD together, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a tough pill to swallow to watch the Lakers get blown up after all these years of like developing a team. Um, yeah, at, at this point, just, it's, it's shitty, but that's the, that's the hand that was dealt. Uh, you got to pull the trigger if you can get Anthony Davis. Uh, for the, the big one is I really don't want to see Lonzo go. Yeah. I really don't want to see Kuz and Josh Hart and, you know, even B.I., just because B.I. represents well, just the younger core. B.I. You know I mean? wasn't in that, that. No, I know. I know. But it's just like, you know, the core of the guys. I, no, I, I think it's Listen, like, I agree. You plug a I, – I think the Lakers, you know, if you just – if you whiffed on A.D., you just need to plug a center in there. You get a DeAndre Jordan or Jonas Valanciunas or just – No, no. Someone to start the game, you know, that's all they need. They have plenty of forwards. They've got good guards. I think that they can they can upgrade in the draft. Yeah, I'm um, just I'm so. But that's not what they're gonna do. I'm so over all the rumors and speculations. I just want. But AD and Bronze gonna be sick. It's just what you know. There's gonna be nothing left after that. Yeah, I mean, I just want the Lakers to either trade for AD or move on and focus on free agency coming up. I think it's ridiculous that there have been a yeah. whole bunch of leaks again coming mostly from the Pelicans, according to a lot of people. it's You never know, man. Maybe AD gets shipped off to nowhere because, uh, you know, someone offers more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just frustrating as a fan if to the see. The Lakers keep playing hardball, which they should be. Well, they someone, def- no, they definitely need to keep playing hardball. Someone else, someone else could come in and swoop AD up for the rental year. You know what I mean? It's not a guarantee. We could see a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard situation where – 
They go set him off to play for one year. Yeah, AD's AD's agent Rich Paul had had a cover article in the latest Sports Illustrated where he stated that AD will be a part of free agency in 2020, no matter where he gets traded. So for the Lakers, I think they should rescind the offer currently on the table, whatever it is. Tell the Pelicans to fuck off because they basically won't negotiate in good faith. They let other teams. Basically, the Lakers need to let other teams trade their coveted assets and try and convince AD to not be a rental for them. And I know it hasn't worked out for the past, but I have a feeling AD is different. Like, he's he's wanted to be a Laker for the past three years. No, I mean, he might, but it's just like it's not his. It's not. I don't know if it's ultimately his decision. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, so it's just like if the Pelicans – if the Pelicans at the end of the day are sick of you know doing business with the Lakers because it shit ain't going anywhere, uh, they could pull the trigger and get some young assets from two. You know, all they have to do is get two teams. They want to give them a couple of young players, and then all of a sudden the Pelicans are getting three, four young players for sending out Anthony Davis. Well, the the other team that was talked about in February at the trade deadline was Boston. There's and, a bunch of teams out there that got assets. Well, but Boston said you will get a better offer from us in the summer, and they have yet to put it on the table. And Brian Windhorst said earlier that David Griffin is basically using the Lakers to raise the price on the Celtics and that if he wanted to make a deal with the Lakers already, he would have done it already. I tell you what, if the, if the Celtics come call, if the Celtics are calling my phone and on the Pelicans, I'm excited and I'm ready to pull that trigger because I think the Celtics – have the best players to offer. I mean, Jason Tatum is better is probably a better piece than almost anybody's going to give you as far as like a young good player. He's then, up there. He's up then, there. I mean, I think Jason Tatum is better than any probably as of right now, he's better than any young Laker player. I mean, I think he's got a nod over Lonzo. Um and you know, they got they got the Marcus Smart, they got Terry Rozier, they got Gordon Hayward, they got Al Horford, they they got Marcus Morris. They have so many pieces, if so many picks, um, that you know, if they call the Pelicans, it could be over. It could be a wrap. If Boston got on the phone with New Orleans right now and said, All right, you get Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and next year's Memphis pick. Deal. Yeah. Done deal. Send it send him my way. Yeah. Hundred percent. But I here's mean, the problem. Here's the problem. Get to get Zion, Jason Tatum, and Julius Randle out there, that'd be nice. Listen, here's the reason why the Celtics haven't done that yet. They know Kyrie is losing because they're losing a great player. I mean, exactly. if I'm the Celtics, I'm gonna say it exactly how I say it about the Lakers. Do not trade my young core. <laughs> I'm just talking about from a Pelicans perspective. No, I know. If I'm the Celtics, I am just praying, just like I am about the Lakers, that they do not trade my young core. Please do not send Tatum's, Browns, Smarts. Don't send those guys away. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't do not do that. But Danny Ainge has wanted Anthony Davis for so long. Like he's he's talked about it. Yeah. Anthony Davis, <clears throat> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where he lands. Yeah, and I know David Griffin had said he wanted to get a trade done before the draft because like yeah, like yeah. I was like I was saying the the Pelicans are basically trying to shop the Lakers fourth overall pick already and they want to, once this deal is done if it's done before the draft they want to be able to bring players in for workouts. Yeah. And it's like that's going to be very last minute. It's going to be tough to see if they can get this done in the next week cuz the draft is a week from today. 
Yeah, I'm so excited for the draft. I cannot <laughs> wait. It's gonna be great. Yeah, no, it's gonna be a. I think AD will be gone. It's gonna be a draft, fun one. You do? Yeah. Think so. Or on draft night. I think people are gonna get draft. Well, okay, people are gonna get desperate. For the most, for the most part, I'm talking about the Lakers because the Lakers do not want that fourth pick. There's no room for the fourth pick. We've we've talked about this. No, man, it's it's so God. If I'm the Lakers GM, um, and again, this is pointless because this is not what's gonna happen. But I'm rolling out, I'm rolling out the guys that I got, um, starting. You know, I got, I got Lonzo, I got KCP, right? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, know. KCP, yeah. Okay, so I got Lonzo, I got KCP, I got Braun, I got Kuzma, and then I plug in a free agent center. A DeAndre Jordan, sure. maybe, you know, someone good. E- even if you don't have KCP, then it's like you got Josh Hart, you know. Yeah. But then it's like your bench. Now you're looking out with a B.I. and the fourth overall pick coming off the bench. That could be really good. Or you start B.I. at the two guard. Then you have a Josh Hart and the fourth overall pick coming off the bench. It's not bad. It's not bad. I think you can work with that. Oh, you could definitely work with that. And they could and they could sign a good free agent, so it's just you know. Yeah, I don't. I not, don't believe. I just think that they do not want that pick. It's not going to be a Laker. I don't believe that. So that's why I think AD will be traded before the draft. I, no, it makes it, it makes perfect sense. I just don't, I don't believe that the Lakers are out on all these big free agents, as, like people are saying. Like I think they do have a legitimate chance to get somebody. Uh, I just think it's going to be one of the second tier guys. I think the biggest okay. I think it goes like LeBron. this: Anthony Davis is pretty likely. All right, I would say Anthony Davis is pretty likely to right be a now, Laker. Right now, yeah. Right, okay, I think Kyrie's basically out now. Well, Anthony Davis basically, I think, propels I us think into. I think for sure out. Clay is the one now that's kind of like a ringer, but I still think that Clay is going to sign with the Warriors. And then it's like I think we're going to look at those second tier guys, and that's what we're going to have left. But if we get Anthony Davis. That might change people's like exactly. Know. That's what that's what I that's exactly what I was about to say. If we get Anthony Davis before the draft and before Which free agency will. starts, yeah, I think that definitely steers maybe a Kyrie Irving to be like, oh, they need a point guard now that Lonzo Ball's gone. I'm gonna go to the Lakers and it's gonna yeah. be me and LeBron yeah. again, and then we're gonna have Anthony Davis. Yeah, come like, on. And that and you're right for sure. It's just like this changes every day, you know. One week I was sure Kyrie was probably going to come to – it was looking like Kyrie was coming to the Lakers. Yeah. And then now this Rock Nation stuff for sure just makes me feel like he's going to Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. So we'll see what next week holds. Yeah. All right. Now, before we get out of here, because we're trying to get this finished before the game starts. Yes, yeah, sir. Because we want to go watch the game. Yep. Forbes came out with their te- their highest-earning athletes over the past year. Yeah. And so I have the top 10. I wanted to see if Tyler could guess the top 10. And this is going to be something cool that, you know, progresses in our lifetime because I think that this number is going to get ridiculous for oh, yeah. for other sports. I think other sports are going to catch up to the to the soccer players, to the fighters, to the golfers, you know, basketball to the, players. To, well, no, I think basketball and football players and they're like catching up. Yeah, definitely. You know, those individual athletes make big time money, you know, and then. Yeah, because they don't have to split it with anybody. And then soccer players are the old, you know, the highest paid team player sports. Baseball is right behind them. Well, I was shocked to not see any baseball players in the top 10. Yeah, just because they're not. There's who's that guy for the MLB right now? You know, Mike, Mike Trout, Trout Bryce just, Harper. Mike Trout's just not marketable. And Bryce Harper's kind of just a he's a. a 
He's a bro. I don't know. I mean, you know, he only takes you <laughs> yeah, so no, far. Listen, there's, no, there's no, like, polarizing player. A lot of people don't like Bryce Harper. And a lot of people – and Mike Trout is as vanilla as it comes. So it's it's hard to – there's no face of baseball. So there's no ma- – I mean, there's massive contracts, but there's no, like, face to put you over the top to give you that LeBron money. You know right. what I mean? That 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 Russell Wilson money. There's – there's not that guy in that sport. Yeah, it, it was interesting. There's to no see, Griffey. It was know? interesting to see in this top ten how close the the endorsement money was to the actual salary money that they made from their team yeah. or yeah. from their sport. So, all right, top ten. You want to take a crack at it? See who you got? Yeah, well, I mean, you got the soccer players. You're at the top. Um, Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar. Okay. Those are those guys are kind of just. I know that uh, I know that Connor and Floyd had bad years. Yep. Um, so they're they're kind of the guys that are gone. Yeah. Um, Who's at number four? Canelo is the fighter, the highest paid fighter. Yep. So he's got to be up there, and then um, and then I know that the football and basketball players are. Uh, you got to go with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell are the two. I know Russell's the highest paid football player. Yep. So I know Russell's on the list. Rodgers, I just got to assume he has the most endorsements, and he's probably a top 10 highest paid. Russ and Aaron had the same endorsement amount of money. Yeah, because I don't think Rodgers is like a top three guy in the NFL. I think he's a little further down in the top 10. Well, he made only .2 less than Russ. So Russ was, But Russ just signed his contract. Yeah, Russ just signed it. Yeah, so I think that signing bonus is what probably would put him at – in this bracket yeah and it was the final year of his his first big contract right so um and then the basketball guys is obviously lebron obviously steph curry um so i know those guys are on it and then you know i think i go with kd as the third yeah no you nailed it so messi was one ronaldo two neymar three canelo four federer five yeah federer is like i would never know federer was in the top 10 yeah, that's uh, but he, that's another one that's like he's an individual athlete, so all his earnings go to him. Exactly. And and he's got you know, he's an he's a Nike guy, he's got all these endorsements. Federer had more endorsement money than actual like a winnings. World, yeah, money. World, world athlete. Yeah. And then Rogers was seven, LeBron eight, Steph nine, Kevin Durant ten. Yeah, and Kevin Durant's the other one, like Federer and Kevin Durant, I don't think I probably would have Actually, no. Well, in and top 10. Kevin Durant was signing signing these one and ones where it's like, all right, you're getting thirty million a year for this mm-hmm. one year, mm-hmm. and then you opt in. It's basically a yeah. two year sixty. I think KD, you know, people like KD and Federer aren't normally on there. It's people like you know Woods, Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, um, Connor. Yeah, those, those kinds of people. But no, definitely like you were saying before, I think we're just gonna keep seeing these numbers get bigger and bigger until one of these guys hits a billion. Yeah, it's going to happen in our lifetime. It's going to happen soon because people are realizing how much these guys are actually made. The truth is out there now. Yeah. People know that they're being exploited. Uh, they know that this is, you know, billionaires. And it's easier. Billionaires are paying millionaires. You know what I mean? It's, it's easier to market yourself now, too. The owners are big time money. Uh, they're making so much. They're making billions. These players are making millions. So I think that'll level out eventually. Yeah. All right. You got a shout out before we get out of here? Um. I don't. Cool. I thought I did, but it just escaped me. All right. Well, I got two because on Monday, Tony Parker announced his retirement from the NBA. Tony Parker's a good one. Real quick, just the all-time. My initials are TP. I've always favored <laughs> TP, people with the initials TP. And Tony Parker is arguably the number one TP in 
Ever. I, I mean, he's he's the first TP yeah. I think of in terms of famous TPs. The, the other one that's number one is probably Tom Petty. Oh, that's a good one. Tom Petty's up there. Yeah, but no, Tony Parker, a Hall of Famer, no doubt, had an incredible career. Him, Duncan, and Ginobili are the league's all-time winningest trio in both the regular season and the playoffs, winning a combined 701 games together. The last of the great Spurs from the past 20 or so years to retire. Yep, yep. Sad to see those guys go. End of an era. And then the second one, the team for Hard Knocks, was announced on Tuesday, and it's going to be none other than John Gruden, Antonio Brown, and the Raiders. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Be very entertaining. Must-see TV yep. on Hard Knocks. With that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. And we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Later.